Good evening, church. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. My name is Colin, the pulpit minister here at Central Church of Christ, and this is Dan Spade. He's one of our elders, and here at Central Church of Christ, it's our mission to be God's heart and hands in this community and beyond. If you'd like to learn more about what that means, I want to encourage you to head over to our website at www.churchvictoria.com. This is our Wednesday evening conversation through the law and the prophets, where we open up the Old Testament, we move through the narrative and the text, and we see how it impacts us today as the church and how it how that text connects to Jesus. Um, if you're listening listening to this on the Heart and Heads podcast. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed to the channel and you have the bell turned on so you get notified every time we upload a video. And if you're watching this on Facebook, make sure to like and share. That really helps us out. And make sure to comment down below. Um, if this ministry has blessed you or you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, I want, I want to encourage you to head over to that website. At the top of the page, we have a donate button that uh, take, will take you to PayPal, and you can partner with us as we seek to teach and preach the gospel. Uh, we're going to pray and get into the lesson. Again, church, thank you so much for joining us. All right. Okay. Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity we have to study your word again. We pray your blessings upon us as we do that. We pray that you open our hearts and our minds that we might see clearly the truths that you want us to see. Father, we pray that uh, that for our audience that uh, that we may say things that are uh, that are beneficial, that are encouraging, things that they will listen to, and things that they can apply in their lives as well. Father, thank you for the opportunity. Bless us uh, as we move forward, and bless us as we uh, as we continue this this method of of study. And we thank you for the opportunity. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so we're getting into the uh, totality of rebellion here, but we want to frame, I want to frame this a little bit because this is essentially the paradigm, the theme, not paradigm, but the, the theme throughout the entirety of Scripture. This, this is really, this frames it, okay? So in verse 30 of chapter 13, it says, Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses. So they, they sent the spies in the land. The 12 spies, they were all leading people of the tribe. Well, they were, were not. Take, yeah, they were all leaders. leaders from every tribe. They were not. These weren't the rabble. These no. were the leaders. Well, hopefully they weren't. Well, hopefully. I mean, they says the leaders, right? Yeah. So maybe even some of these are, are some of these the elders, maybe? Mm, probably. You know, may, it could be. We, we don't, the text doesn't specifically say, so we, we're not sure, but. May, it was reasonable. Yeah. Maybe one of the 72, maybe people with the Spirit of God on them. Mm -hmm. It could be. So these people go in, they come back, you know, and these are the two views they give. Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. That's the first view. Well, the, the yeah, but... but uh... They they brought back a report first and said, eh, this, this may be right. what we can handle. So Caleb and Joshua both are saying, we can do this. And why are they saying it? They're not saying it because, you know, they think they're powerful people. They're not saying it. They recognize the difficulty. They recognize these Nephilim, these, these mm -hmm. people in the vein of the Nephilim. They recognize the fortified cities. They recognize the people they're going to have to overthrow. But their argument is, we can do it because God said so. Mm -hmm. You know, we've watched him overthrow Egypt. We've well, watched we know him. that Joshua and Caleb are one of, of two of 12. Mm -hmm. Okay. Leaders. We know that they're not. We know that Caleb and, and, and Joshua are not uh, uh, Sunday go to meeting Christians. Right. Okay? They, they have been around the block a time or two. Both of them. They've seen things. All right, they've seen things. They've been there since the beginning. They've seen what God has done. You know, sometimes people in church, 
they can watch what God does, doesn't affect them. Doesn't affect them a bit. Well, do, or do they even recognize that God is doing something? I think I think they I think there's I've, I've seen people that they recognize that God probably was involved. Doesn't affect them. They don't care. Doesn't matter. You know, you can't really prove it to me that that strong. I, I've seen it. Okay, you you may be right, but I don't care. And then there's others that they see God work. It absolutely changed them. It changed changed everything who they are. It changed them completely from the inside out. And and we have two of the twelve. That's who they are. What they saw God do changed them. It changed them. And they're looking around at the rest of the nation of Israel, and they're going, I can't believe they're like this. I can't believe they're doing this. What, what's, what's, what's wrong with you? Didn't you not see what I saw? I mean, Cole, you can study with 10 people. You know this. You can study with 10 people. And out of the 10, maybe one gets it. Maybe one. And you're going, nine? Where, where are you, what are y'all doing? What, what's wrong with you? It's not, a, it's not a, a knowledge problem. It's a heart problem. It always has been. It's never changed. Here it's a heart problem. You know, I saw it. I saw it. Okay, I see it. I see the cloud. I see the fire. I saw the quail and the man. I saw that stuff. I saw the, heard the mountain rumbling. I saw the 3,000 get killed when they melted. I saw all that. It's all right. I, I, I'm good. I, I'm, I'm good if we stay on the side of the river. We're fine. Or yeah. we go back to Egypt. Yeah, we'll go back to Egypt. It's fine. I yeah, I'm not so. I'm not so sure about all this stuff. They make excuses <laughs> and they kind of they kind of fluff off. There are people in church. Maybe people watching right now. That's where they are. They they they've seen it. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm I'm good. I'm okay. And we and some of us are looking and saying, what? Yeah. How? Why? Why did Jesus say that most of the people are not going to make it to heaven? Who's going to make it? Those who are willing to do what God told them to do. If those who are willing to lose my life. If you lose your life for my sake, you'll find, you'll find it. it. If you keep your life, you'll lose it. it. And and here, Joshua and Caleb are saying, hey, let's go take the land. We can take it. God said we can get it. And, and those so, guys said, what? And this is and this is what faith really is, right? Mm -hmm. so yes, faith, it is. Faith yeah. is, mm -hmm. I believe that God is going to do what he says. Mm -hmm. And because I believe what God is, that's the mental assent part. The mental assent is God is going to do mm -hmm. what he said. I trust that. Because I assent to that, because I trust that, I live it out. Mm -hmm. And so they're willing to take up arms and walk into the land. That's what they're trying to do. And they're trying to encourage everyone to come with them. Right? Aren't, aren't you and I examples of that very thing? I'd say we have lots of examples. Here. But, uh, but in this room, and, and uh, Lee, sure. you know, Lee's come from outside. You came from outside the world. You, I, I came from, from a, a, you know, background like that. You know, so we, we, uh, we were presented with truth, and we said, "Wow, okay," and we're all in, all three of us. So, and here we are. We're going, you know, and and Sarah that that's that's uh, editing these things. She's like that too. I mean, she came from outside, and she's and she came with her baggage like all of us. That's right. She said, "Hey, I'm I'm in. I, I'm in. I'm, I'm in with this." You know, we we can connect to Joshua and Caleb and the and the problems that lay ahead for them because it's not going to be easy no. to do what he wants to do. People are going to die. That's just a fact. But God's promised them, I'm going to give you this land. And he said, that's our land. And those interlopers live on it. That's right. They live on our land. And God said for us to go run them off. And it's our job to go run them off. That's right. And so that's what he's saying here. And this and this is. The option, right? And it, we could go all the way back to the garden and we see this this yeah. paradigm, yeah. right? Um, so we see Eve and Adam 
did they have faith? Did they believe what God had said? No, no. no. Eve probably didn't even fully understand what God had said. Like yeah. she didn't even right. She was like, we can't even touch it, right? And that's not that wasn't well, the case. I think when I think what we do is is what people do, and what these guys are, and, and what we do is we just ignore it. I don't really care what you say. Well, and it's it's not even ignoring. It's because ignoring is making a decision, mm-hmm. and it, what it boils down to is what is good. Mm-hmm. For Caleb and Joshua, they've said, what God has said is good. We can do this thing. It's good. The others, the option they present is, no, 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 no. What God said isn't good. What God said isn't going to work. And we really can't well, do what sense, God has said. In a sense, those 10 folks have to ignore what God, said, what God has done. They have they to have ignore to. something. Completely. You know, yep. they, they've looked at it and said, hey, and, I, I, I watch it, but I don't really care. And, what, and why do they do it? And so why do people ignore what God has done? Why do they ignore? Why do, you know, it says, this, this Hebrew writer says that the, uh, the spirit is in his word, right? The spirit's sword is the word of God, Mm -hmm. right? And so that word of God is sharper than any double-edged sword and it pierces bone and marrow. So we know what goes on, right? We're sitting here, we're teaching, we're teaching the word of God, we're in it. The spirit is using that to convict people, to bring them along, to give them that option, to free them from the cloud of darkness, the enemy Mm -hmm. and his powers to free them, to give them a brief option to take those shackles off and to come into the light. Mm -hmm. That's what the sword of the spirit is designed to do. It's designed to free these people from the power and tyranny of the enemy. Mm -hmm. This is what Paul is talking about when he says, our enemy is not flesh and blood, but the spiritual powers and authorities in the heavenly Mm -hmm. realm. Mm -hmm. We take the sword of the spirit, the word of God, and we go into the kingdom of darkness seeking to free those enslaved, Mm -hmm. right? Mm That spirit cuts through, it convicts them, and what do they do? They ignore it. Yeah. They turn away yeah. from it. Yeah. They put a stop to it. They go, no, I don't want to deal with that. And they shut it down because it's uncomfortable, because it's hard, because it, it's, they start to see the reality, the truth for a second, and it scares them because they know, crap, he's talking about me. Yeah. Yeah. And well, this is why this is why Paul says in 1 Corinthians, pray for the greater gifts. And he's talking about prophecy. Mm-hmm. He's saying that because why? Because if a stranger walks in and you're all prophesying, and what is prophesying? You're speaking the word of God, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's a really basic spokesperson sure. for God, someone who speaks the word of God, very simple definition for prophet. But if everybody is prophesying and everybody is speaking the word of God, strangers coming in what? They're convicted yes. and they fall to their knees and go, God is really here. He's really amongst you. And so this is what's going on. Caleb and Joshua are here. They're speaking the truth. They're speaking faith. They're speaking the word of God saying, we can do this thing. Yeah. And as you've pointed out, they ignore it and they say what? Go ahead and read verse 31. But the men who had gone up with them said, we can't attack these people. They're stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land that explored. They said the land explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there as of great size. We saw the Nephilim. They're the, the descendants of Anak came from the Nephilim. We seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we looked the same to them. They're terrified. They're making excuse after excuse after excuse of why we can't do this. Because they've already decided in their hearts they're not going to do it. They've already decided that it's easier. You know, and, and come on, guys. To be a Christian is not easy. It takes work. It does. I understand grace and mercy. I do. I understand God's part. But he, his requirement is that I live for him. That's not easy in an ungodly society. 
No. And it's and it's an obligation that the people of God have always had, whether it's under the law of Absolutely. Moses or whether it's under the, and in our me, culture the law today, of Our families turn on us. Our people at work turn on us. Yep. The society in general turn on us. You know, I, I heard a guy the other day that I was talking to. He got booted off Facebook because he sent Psalm 91 to a friend of his. It wasn't even to, it wasn't a post, a general, it was a post to, to her friend who was struggling. And he said, why don't you read and pray from Psalm 91? He got a, 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 a response from Facebook and said, we don't want you on our, on our platform anymore. What? That makes it really difficult. You know, and you, and you go on, what do I have to do here? You know, this is not going to be easy. God didn't promise it's going to be easy. He said it's hard. He said it's hard to do. When you stand up for the Word of God, when you stand up for truth, mm -hmm. when you stand up for that truth and you stand on it, and you, like Caleb and like Joshua, we're going to see what these people want to do to them in just a second. Yeah. This is the response. Yeah. This is the response. This is why Jesus prayed, you know, Father, keep them safe, right? Yeah. Don't take them out of the world, yeah. but protect them from the evil. And Jesus prayed that, that we would all be united. He did because there were strength in numbers. There's strength in, in in cohesiveness. Where we're cohesive, where you know, I said I said something about uh, some. I said I thought about maybe going to see uh, Jim's sister, and I said I said I'll just take Cole with me. <laughs> she don't really like me. I'll take Cole with me. <laughs> you know, they all started laughing. But it's a, it. I remember going to the jail and going alone is horrible. It's horrible to go by yourself. Well, and it's like, why do we assemble, right? Mm -hmm. People will be like, you know, oh, it's so important to come to church. Why? We're not punching a ticket. No. You know, that's not the point. No. But the point is to be encouraged. Yeah. You come mm -hmm. to church to encourage, to yeah. encourage one another and to be encouraged. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's kind of like this idea where, you know, people will say, you know, don't come to church with an empty bucket. Don't come to get your bucket filled. Come with a full bucket to help fill up other buckets. Mm -hmm. Well, it's kind of both. Mm -hmm. You do come. Sometimes you're going to come to the assembly and you're going to be discouraged. You've been beat up all week. Your boss who hates hates you and hate what's, hates what you stand for has been ripping on you, or your friends at work, your coworkers, whatever, maybe your family. And you're going to come in and you're going to come in beat up. And you need to be encouraged. Yeah. But that's not going to be every time. No. Sometimes you're going to come into the assembly and you're going to have a full bucket. And you're going to be able to encourage yeah. somebody else. Yeah. But you know what you can't do? You can't be encouraged and you can't be an encouragement if you're not here. No, you're right. You're right. You can't do that. Yeah. You know, now. Well, and, and these guys, these guys have checked out. Yeah. They've checked out. Yeah. And, and, oh, yeah. God, and God's going to check them out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, they, but they've, in their minds and in their hearts, they've checked out. They, they, they're like the, the beginning. They're like the people that come to church and the only thing they can do is gripe and complain and belly. No, wait a minute here. Let's 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 talk theology for a second. Oh Ooh, no! Oh no! No no! Uh oh, aren't these people the elect? Yes. That's strange. Yeah. They're the elect, mm -hmm. aren't they? Chosen before God. Haven't these people been chosen? Well, Israel chosen as a group. Israel. Oh, oh, so can the elect rebel? Yes. Let's let's read what the elect do. Yeah. That night, all the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron. Oh, these are this is odd behavior for the elect. <laughs> oh, it's not really. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron, and the whole assembly said to them, "If only we had died in Egypt or in this wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt?" And they said to each other, "We should choose a leader and go back." to Egypt. This is the elect. Yeah. These are this is God's elect 
chosen people. This is not the first time that they've uh, that they've done this. You know? See, this is this is what the word elect really means. The mm-hmm. word elect does not mean God has elected you toward to salvation. No, no. That's not what it means. It means God has elected you to know his purpose and to know his will. Mm-hmm. But the elect can still be lost mm-hmm. because the elect can hear the will of God and go, no. No, I don't want to do that. No, I don't want to do that. Yeah. I don't want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. The, and remember something, too. The entity of the election, of the, the principle of the election, is going to stand pat. It's going to always stand. God said the church, he said, he said, when Peter confessed to Jesus that, that you are the Christ, the son of the living God, and he said, you are Peter and upon this rock, I'm going to build my church, not upon Peter, but upon the rock of his confession. And he said, the gates of hell won't, will, will not prevail against it. Sure. The church is going to stand. You may not be part of it. You may choose not to be part of it, but the church was going to stand. It's, so, it's, it's done. So the elect here is Israel. Mm-hmm. They know as a nation, as a they nation. know. They know the oracle and will of God. That's what they've been chosen. That election, right? God's chosen. That's what they've chosen to know. And they're going to walk away. Jesus is going to confront a bunch of those who are of descendants of, of Abraham. Yep. And he's going to say, you're not sons of God. You're sons of the devil. Yeah. Your, your father is the devil. Yeah. And he was a liar and a murderer from the beginning. Yeah. What out of this elect, <clears throat> who, are, who are those who will actually receive eternal life? The only the ones who do the will of the Father. The remnant. Yeah. The remnant. And there's always a remnant. Always. And it's that remnant that is truly spiritual Israel. No matter what society does to us today, no matter what they do, no matter what they demand of us and what they do, the remnant is still going to be saved because God said so. God promised it. The remnant is still going to be saved. And and we have the opportunity to be part of the remnant. Right. And so it's not that it's not that God picked you out and said, oh, you're going to be saved from no, the beginning of time. No. That's not what, what election People is. say that. They say that well, we're predestined. He predestined the church. He well, he what did he predestine? He predestined that humanity would have a way to be reconciled. Called they'd the have gospel. A, they'd have a forgiveness. They'd have go look at all the places. First of all, church, let's make it really clear: the word predestination is in the Bible. Yes, okay, it's it in multiple. I've had people look at me and go, "No, no, that's not in the Bible." No, it's yeah, it's in it the is. Bible. Yeah, it is. You can go look at the verses and go actually look at what God predestined, and that's really the key to it. Mm-hmm. What was His work in predestination? And the answer to that is the gospel, redemption, mm-hmm. the church, yeah. the offering. And Paul makes it really, really clear in multiple places. John makes it clear. Peter makes it clear. When were you included in that? when you believed yeah now we're not talking about merely the mental ascent we're no. talking about like caleb here I, I believe and i'm going to act on it i believe and i'm going to change it. my life and it's hey, there you go it's going to change that's my what life. jesus would say it this way right pick up the cross and follow me yeah. this is the the right to pick up that cross i've got to believe i've got to trust god and yeah. the things that he has said yeah. because it makes me vulnerable it does. It may, picking, like, hanging onto a cross makes me vulnerable. You're picking up yeah. your execution. Yeah. The cross is a is a d- device that was designed to execute people in the yeah. most gruesome and horrible fashion. Yeah. yeah. Your Jesus is challenging you to pick up that, to pick up your means of execution yeah. and trust God. Okay. So, what did the did the people do that? No. Instead, yeah. they rejected that. Yeah. They'd been chosen by God. They'd been elected. They know his will. They know what he wants. They reject it completely. And they said, we should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. Then in verse 5, then Moses and Aaron fell face down in front of the whole Israelite assembly gathered there. Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of uh, Jephunneh, 
who were among those who had explored the land, tore their clothes and said to the entire Israelite assembly, the land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. They're begging them. They're yeah. begging them. Mm -hmm. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into the land. It's a land flowing with milk and honey, and he'll give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not be afraid of the people of the land because we will devour them. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. I mean, I can't count how many times I've, I've sat down and talked to people. And it's, it's exactly this. Don't you know what the Lord has done? And they just absolutely refuse to see. I, I mean, I'm thinking of one study that me and you were in, in together particularly. And it's like, it's basically the conversation went this. Verse 10 or verse 9 says, the Lord can do it, right? But the Lord is with us at the end of verse 9. Mm -hmm. But the Lord is with us. And we looked at that per person and we said, what does the book say? It says, the Lord is with us, right? It says white is white, black is black. That's what it says, right? When this is not an interpretation, that's literally what it says in that verse. Do you agree or disagree? No, I disagree. <laughs> it's luck. Yeah. You're watching the enemy at work. You're watching the enemy come in and snatch it right in front of them. Mm -hmm. And they they just they won't. They are they are they're holding on to their chains, their enslavement, yep. and saying, Don't you see how I'm free? Yeah. You're not free, you're a slave. Yeah. And they just won't won't see it. But the whole assembly in verse 10 talked about stoning them. What do we get? And he's what? talking about stoning Joshua and Caleb. So, no, they're and, and Moses and Aaron. And Aaron. But but all they want to they want to stone them all. So what is what is the reward when we stand firm on the truth? What is our reward for that? Persecution. We're gonna be persecuted. What did I tell you this morning? We're coming to a point where I'm going to have to stand up and tell people something they don't want to hear. Yeah. I'm going to have to stand firm because this is what the word of God says. I know what we want, all of us, including me. I know what we want to do, yeah. but this is what the word of God says. Yeah. And what did I tell you? What's going to happen? They're not going to like it. They're not going to like it. Yeah. But fewer of them are not going to like it than you think. I hope so. I, I hope think, so. I think I think you're right. But I here's think I'm right. Here's here's where I stand, and here's where you stand, and here's where many of our our, our members. And, and you're probably right. I I would say that you're probably right. But I this is what happens: the word of God comes in. We start believing it. We start trusting it. We start living our lives as towards it. Mm -hmm. And the culture is going to shift and change and do all these chaotic things. And we're going to stand firm and we're going to say, nope, this is what the word says. This is what we're going to do. And then this is what See, happens. I don't know. I don't know at this point what's happening, what's going to happen in our culture today or next week or next month. I don't have a clue. I know what's happening today. I agree. I know the only thing I have control over is today. That's right. And what I do. That's so right. that's what I'm going to worry about. I'm not going to worry about tomorrow. I'm not going to worry about next week. Yeah. You know, I know what's going on out there, mm -hmm. and I know what my responsibility is. I know when I have an opportunity, I need to I need to stand up and, and voice my opportunity. And... Uh, and and I strive to do that. Uh, we, you know, I'm not afraid to to teach a class online and say the things that I say in class. That's right. uh, I'm not afraid to do that. And uh, you know, if they want if they want to come after us, then come after us. That's fine. Well, and and again, my thinking is that my thinking on this is this. I my point is that I am resolved, and I know you are resolved, and we have a lot of members here who are resolved to stand on the word of God. Mm -hmm. And that's you have to be resolved for that. Yeah. Um, I agree with you. I don't worry about it. It doesn't, it's not like weighing down my mind. No. Um, 
that's that's not what I mean. But if what, you if you if somebody talks to you about it, you think, oh yeah, that could happen. Yeah, I didn't I didn't really thought about it. I don't I don't think about it. So, and I appreciate that. I look at David, and this is kind of my model for faith, right? David, when he was confronted with the situation with um, Goliath, mm-hmm. one of the things he says in there is really interesting. He when when Saul's like he's talking to these people about Goliath, and it, it upsets his brothers, and then he goes and he has to talk to Saul about it, and Saul's like, you know who are you like what are you who are you that you you're just this little boy and he goes the lord has delivered me from the the paw of the lion and the, the power of the bear he will certainly deliver me from this uncircumcised philistine. uncircumcised philistine yeah. and so what is david's mentality his his experience his faith has been shaped through trial mm-hmm. and he's ready He's a shepherd. He's got to be out there with the sheep ready to confront that lion and to confront that bear. And the Lord has seen him through those things. And so he's ready. So when this incident occurs, he's like, who's this? This is yeah. no one. Yeah. I don't not. I, the, I don't care how tall he is. I've stood up against the bear. I've stood up against the lion. The Lord has seen me through those things. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing for us. We have to. I, I feel for those people who go through life and never watch for God to work. You know, I told you, I told you this morning, I said, you know, my schedule is getting a little light. And so I, I was praying to God, I said, God, why is my schedule so light? Where, where are all the people that need to learn? And now all of a sudden I'm, I've got yeah. another study, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm watching God work on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing prayers answered on a regular basis. I'm but, seeing but prayers mind, answered no on a regular basis. But your basis. mind is tuned to that. Exactly. When people come into it and they're not tuned to it and they don't want to hear it, you know, then they can dismiss, easily dismiss. These people don't want to hear it. So they, they dismiss it easy. That's right. You know, and, and so when you look at this and it says they want a stone, that, verse 11, they said, the Lord said to Moses, how long will these people treat me with contempt? See, he's not looking at Moses saying, I'm sorry that they're, that they're beating up on you. Uh-uh. That's, no, I mean, he that's said, your job. <laughs> he, said, he said, how long are they going to treat me with contempt? He said, this this was never about you. This is about me. Exactly. And he said, yes. He said, how long will they refuse to believe in me in spite of all the signs I have performed among them? I will strike them down with a plague and destroy them, but I will make you into a nation greater and stronger than them. He said, God's, God, you, God's finally had enough. He's had enough. He said, I've been promising you this for hundreds of years. You've, 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 you've kept yourself sane thinking about what had been promised to Abraham. You called yourself sons of Abraham. You knew what the promise was. He's going to bless all nations. going to give you a land flowing. You knew all that. And you've been you've been standing on that. And then when I finally show up to do it, you said, oh, we can't do it. No, we can't. We're not going to do that. We're not going to listen to him. You know, we're, we're going to dismiss it as not as a non-starter. And, and so he said, he said, how long are they going to refuse to believe in it? But he said, I'm, I'm, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to make this into in, you into a great nation. And Moses said to the Lord, then the Egyptians will hear about it. By your power, you brought these people up from among them. And they will tell the inhabitants of this land about it. They have already heard that you, Lord, are, are with these people. And that you, Lord, have been, feast, have been seen face to face. That your clouds stay over them and that they go before them in a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. If you get, if you get, if you put all these people to death, leaving none alive, the nations who have heard the report about you will say, the Lord was not able to bring these people into the land. He promised them on oath. So he slaughtered them in the wilderness. He said, you can't do this, Lord. This is the second time. This is the second time. Mm-hmm. At, the, at the golden calf, he wanted, you know, God was going to do the same thing. He said, no, he's going to stop. He said, you can't do this. You, you, you can't destroy them all. What will that say about you? And God relents. God's mad. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, he's beyond mad. 
Have you ever had anybody spit in your face? Yeah. How'd that, yeah. how'd that feel? Not good. Yeah. Not good. That's what they just did. Yeah. They just did that to God. Yeah. Now, Moses intercedes here. I saw it happen to a guy once. Yeah. He never, he, the other the other guy never did it again. That can happen. Not, he, at least he didn't do it to that guy ever again. You find out. We've got a culture right now that thinks it's, thinks it has a right to spit in people's face. And they're going to find out real quick. That that's not actually the way it works. No. Um, no. And it's and it's coming. I think it's coming. That's my you know it's my personal opinion. I'm not saying I heard a word from the Lord. One, or anything one like other that. thing I'm glad of is I'm opinion. old enough that I'm not going to have to deal with it. Probably. Yeah. My grandkids will and my sons will, but I'm not going to have to deal with it. Do you, do you to to a certain extent? I wonder. Do you kind of understand? Do you maybe understand Hezekiah's sentimentality? Oh, yeah. A little bit better. Mm -hmm. You know. Oh well, this is a good word. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And when he's not going to have to deal with it. Yeah. I'm not going to deal with it. So Hezekiah, just to explain the reference, Hezekiah was dying. He was on his deathbed. And uh, he uh, he recovers. He recovers from that. And then he shows all these people. Uh, he The Babylonians send over an, a bunch of envoys to give him uh, to, to give him courage because they heard he was close to death and then he got better. And so he shows these envoys. Oh, sorry about that. He showed these envoys like all the strength of his kingdom and all the riches and all these things. And then Isaiah, the prophet, came to him and said, who is that? Who is that that you just had in the palace? Who was that? You know, when a prophet shows up and starts asking you questions, you want to worry. Yeah. And so Hezekiah goes, oh, well, they were envoys from Babylon. And I just showed them, showed them all my stuff. And he goes, hear the word of the Lord. You know, and it's like, <laughs> ah, ah. pretty intense guy, Isaiah, yeah. I imagine. Yeah. But hear the word of the Lord. Yeah. Your, your yeah. children are going to go into captivity to Babylon. And Hezekiah looked at that and said, oh, well, that's good because it's not going to happen in my day. And, uh, oh, we can't do, we can't start this. No, and, we'll, and we'll never we're, we're going to end here. We're well, end here. We, if we start in verse no. 17, we're, it's going to take us half an hour to just do the next two or three so, verses. And so Moses Moses here intercedes. Mm -hmm. um, Moses here intercedes on their behalf. And of mm -hmm. course, Moses mm -hmm. plays the role of intercessor. Um, there's always someone to intercede. Noah interceded during the flood, right? But, you know, God saw that the wickedness of mankind was great, but then no, there was Noah, right? Um Abraham is, a, is an intercessor. God concludes in Genesis 11, right, the, the Babel incident. He scatters the nations. He, he basically says, I'm done with humanity. That's, that's kind of what that is. Mm -hmm. But then calls Abraham, right? Mm -hmm. And he begins the work of regaining and, and resaving humanity, or saving humanity, not resaving. He begins the work of saving humanity Well, he begins Abraham. the work of, of, the, of, of putting the gospel into place right. and yeah. putting and getting the gospel set in motion. So, and that it always was there but, from and, Genesis three. And that's what's in view here. Moses yeah. doesn't see it, right? Peter will say in first in first Peter, I believe it's first Peter. He says, you know, that, that the prophets didn't, didn't know. Yeah. First Peter chapter one, right. Mm -hmm. They didn't realize, and that's Moses too. They didn't realize that, that it was you that they are serving. The I, church. I like that. I like it. It says they longed to understand longed. Yeah. They longed to understand. What, where the spirit was pointing so, them. So let's let's brass tax this. We understand the mystery. The mystery has been revealed. The church is elect because we have the mysteries of God yeah. now. And we're supposed right? to proclaim the mystery. And we're supposed to proclaim. So let's let's proclaim it. What's at risk here when these people do this? God is is working through the family of Abraham to bring about Jesus to redeem all mankind. It's mm -hmm. through the Israelites, mm -hmm. this this speck of a nation, these slaves, mm -hmm. right? He's going to take the weakest of them and use them to display his power and glory in redemption. Yep. So he's saving all mankind through Israel. That's his plan, okay? And then you have this, all throughout the desert. He just rescued them for being slaves. You would think like, 
If I'd been rescued from a lifetime of slavery, I would be eternally grateful. Eternally grateful. Like, whatever you want, guy. Yeah. Whatever you want. You just saved me. You just yeah. saved my wife. Yeah. You saved my kids. Yeah. That's not how they respond. Yeah. They spit in his face all the time. They get upset with him. And what they're really doing is putting at stake the plan of God. Yeah. God's plan to redeem. I can understand his anger here. But God always has an intercessor ready to go. And Moses in this situation is that intercessor. He's played that role before. He's about to play it again. And it's interesting how he intercedes on their behalf. He appeals to who God is. God is righteously angry here, but he's going to go back to Exodus 34, mm -hmm. 6, and 7 and appeal to God who our God is. God, you are a, he's going to say it right now. You know, the Lord is slow to anger, abounding in love, forgiving sin and rebellion. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children of the sin. You would think he would want to leave that section off. He doesn't. No. He lifts that section up. And then God actually, I love this, yet he does not leave it. He punishes the children for the sin of the parents, the third and fourth generation. Moses says that, mm -hmm. and God is going to do the exact opposite. Yeah. So... Well, We'll, we got to pick that up next week. I, no, no, of course. It's it's really awesome. And you, I mean, I'm obviously excited. I love this. I yeah. love this stuff. But um, his appeal is, is to who God is. Mm -hmm. Who is God? Mm -hmm. He's the author of life. Yeah. That's what he wants for us. He doesn't want our destruction. No. He's working no. towards our good. He's working towards our good. But yet, how often do we see people when we sit down and study, even people who are in the church, mm -hmm. How yeah. often do they believe it, Dan? It's discouraging sometimes. It can be. It can be. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for the power of the word. We thank you for these texts and, and what you, you're revealing to us about yourself. And we pray, Father, your blessings upon all that have, have listened to this, uh, this study and to this piece of text. Father, we know that, uh, that uh, you're a patient God. And we know that you can be patient with us. Father, help us as we strive to understand what's going on here. Help us as we strive to understand your character and who you are. Help us to relish in the fact that you are a loving, caring, awesome God. And we love you so much, Father, for rescuing us from the clutches of darkness. And for rescuing us and putting us in, in get, putting us at the edge of the promised land. Thank you for that, Father. Help us to stay faithful to you. Help us to, to believe in you. Help us to trust you, Father. And it's in the name of your holy son we pray. Amen. Amen.